The Rangers lay an egg, make life way too easier for Peter Kachekov, and give up two back-breaking goals and a rough 6-1 to loss to the Carolina Hurricanes. What went wrong? We break it all down on today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers. You're locked on the New York Rangers, your daily podcast on the New York Rangers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 974 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. just want to thank you guys, as always, for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. And today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off of your first purchase. And we are, of course, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So the Rangers... Obviously, coming up uh, quite a bit short against the Carolina Hurricanes last night. There's no two ways about it. Just a bad night uh, for the New York Rangers. Uh, just didn't really get anything going. Uh, made life way too easy on Peter Kachekov, which I think is something that uh, we certainly need to address to start off today's show. Just a quick disclaimer. I'm battling a little bit of a cold right now, so if my voice sounds rough, that would be the reason for that. It's funny. I, I've been able to kind of avoid this the entire fall, the entire winter, and uh, maybe that game last night was the thing that finally pushed me over the edge there. But just a bad night uh, for the Rangers overall. And as I mentioned just a second ago, you've got a goaltender matchup of Igor Shesterkin on fire lately coming into this game against Peter Kachekov, who granted has played better recently. But as soon as you look at that goalie matchup, you think, okay, advantage Rangers, big advantage uh, for the Rangers. And what was uh, what the way this game started? Uh, kind of continued all throughout the entire game, if, if we're being completely honest here. And that is the fact that the Rangers just did not make life difficult enough on Peter Kachekov. Uh, the Canes goalies have really, really struggled this season. It's been by far, I would say, their biggest weakness. It's been the biggest reason why uh, they did not get off to the start this season that they were hoping to get off to. Um, you know, Steve Valaket during one of the intermissions was talking about this, and he mentioned that Kane's goalies have allowed uh, 20 bad goals. You know, the goals that you absolutely have to stop if you're an NHL goalie, and that is the most in the league. And again, Kachekov, he's been part of that. He's been better lately. And in fact, after this win for him last night, he has now allowed two goals or fewer in seven of his last nine. So it does look like he's turned the corner. But even so, uh, when you are aware of the fact that this team, the, the goalies have really struggled, you've got to make life a little bit more difficult. Rangers just didn't do that. Easier said than done, obviously, but there was never enough pressure on Kachekov. Uh, the Rangers really struggle with the Canes trap or, or a modern day trap, whatever you want to call it. There were too many Rangers in this game that were basically, you know, just trying to skate through everybody. They, they'd get kind of a rush up the ice, but the Canes would all be back. They'd have like four guys right around the blue line there. And you'd have, you know, Mika did it once. Uh, Blake Wheeler did it once. Trocek did it at least once. He almost pulled it off, actually. But a lot of Rangers just trying to basically challenge the entire Canes defense by themselves, just go right up the center of the ice, and uh, just didn't work. They would either get stood up at the blue line or wouldn't be able to make it to the net, or somebody would knock the puck away from them. Uh, it just wasn't going to work. Every now and then, you can uh, pull a rabbit out of the hat when you challenge a team's entire defense and make all these crazy moves and get to the net and score, but uh, that just wasn't going to work, or at least not with any sort of consistency in a game like this against a good team like the Canes that um, is probably playing its best hockey um, you know, the last handful of games, however far you want to go back. I believe that was their fourth or fifth uh, win in a row last night. 
it's interesting because the Rangers actually outshot the Canes 29 to 27 in this game. And you look at that and you think, okay, well, you know, 29 shots, that's not like an anemic total. It, it's not, you know, outstanding either, but it's not bad. You can win a game getting 29 shots on goal. But again, there just was not a lot happening here. The shots were way too easy to stop. They were coming from areas on the ice that, you know, you, you, I mean, you guys watch hockey, you know, when somebody's along the boards, you know, and, and shooting from an impossible angle, they're, they're not going to score when somebody's way back at the blue line and there's no traffic in front of the net, no chance of a reflection or a rebound. That's not going to go in either uh, with very, very few exceptions. Um, so the shots just weren't coming from high danger areas or even what I would call medium danger areas. There was no traffic in front of Kachekov. Not too many deflections for the Rangers. I, I know that Kreider did score on a deflection on the power play, or it was just after the power play for the Rangers' only goal of this game. But that was about it as far as uh, good deflection chances. There were no second-chance opportunities. And again, Kachekov played well, you know, take nothing away here. But can anybody that watched that game last night, can you point to, like, a great save that he made, one where he's you know, diving across the crease or uh, kicking out his pad at the last second? Or maybe there's one where there's kind of like a scramble in the crease and he's got to hold his ground and, dives on top of the puck. There was nothing like that. None of that happened at all in this game. You can't really point to like uh, an outstanding highlight reel saver, really anything close to that. I don't think, unless I just forget, forgot about one, um, it's possible. But uh, even if that did happen, it didn't happen nearly enough uh, in this game last night between the Rangers and the Canes. Uh, I will say, you know, the, the Panarin line, I thought at least looked dangerous in this game. They were skating hard and uh, creating some good scoring opportunities. And they ended up getting the puck at the net quite a bit, which is what the Rangers probably should have done a little bit more of in this game. Again, going up against a goalie who has struggled at times this season. But Trocek ended up with five shots on goal. Lafreniere had three. Panarin had two. And uh, Panarin did have an assist in this game for what that's worth. Um, but something that a lot of you guys have been pointing out lately is the Rangers, and it's something that we've gone back to every now and then on here, they're not getting enough offense out of their bottom six, and that could not have been more true in this game last night. This game, it felt like this game could have gone 12 periods, and you weren't going to see anybody in the bottom six uh, score a goal. I'm exaggerating a little bit to make the point, but consider this. The Rangers' six bottom six forwards, um, they combined in this game for a grand total of one shot on goal. One shot on goal from six of your forwards, and it was Barkley Goodrow that had that only shot. I know there's a lot of people saying that, you know, the Ranger bottom six isn't good enough. I think they play well enough when it comes to defense. And when it comes to, like, you know, offense, for, for me, like, not so much the third line, but the fourth line, I always kind of look at it as, well, you know, eventually they'll, they'll get a couple goals here and there. Eventually it'll happen. It's not really happening for the Rangers. And I don't think that that's like a death sentence come playoff time, but there are a lot of really good teams that tend to get more offensively out of their bottom six than the Rangers do. And that's a topic we'll dive into in greater detail in a future episode. Um, just want to kind of make mention of that right now. Again, I don't think any of them are bad players. I think they all have their role. Most of them are very good defensively, but there's just not a lot of offense uh, when it comes to the Rangers' bottom six, at least not right now. And, you know, we're talking about the goalies here. On the flip side of everything with Kachekov, you've got Igor Shesterkin. Wasn't his best night either. Uh, he ended up allowing six goals on 27 shots. He had some issues handling the puck in this game, which is not like Igor at all. Uh, there was an early instance in this game where he was basically just trying to clear the puck out of there, turned it over to the Canes, quick pass in front. Canes had a goal and opportunity to score here thanks to the Igor turnover. Uh, but Igor made what was actually probably his best save of the night, sliding over to his right, making a great point-blank stop there. And um, keeping the score at one nothing in favor of the Canes at that point in the game. That wasn't too long after the Canes had scored. Um, and then there was another issue where you know, Gustafson left the puck behind the Ranger net. And there was some big-time miscommunication between Igor and Braden Schneider. And that led to a goal. We're going to talk about that one in greater detail in just a little bit here. But a couple of soft goals, what I would probably call soft goals, uh, against Igor Shesterkin in this game. Uh, the Chatfield goal, I thought, that made it 4-1. to one, And also probably the Svechnikov goal that made it 5-1. to one. Both were stoppable, especially the Chatfield goal. 
initially I was thinking like, well, okay, he had to have been screened there, but I don't know. I mean, Chatfield just kind of shot from kind of near the boards and kind of near the the blue line there, and it just kind of got through Igor and, and went into the net, and the goal was scored, and that made it 4-1. to one. And not too long after this, uh, you know, Svechnikov powered his – Svechnikov, excuse me. He powered his way to the net, and, um, you know, good player, and obviously he finishes chance, but this is one that I think, you know, Igor stops when he's at his best as well. So, um, look, Igor's been awesome lately. Five fantastic games in a row coming into this one. Five straight wins coming into this one. We'll give him a little bit of a break here. It's not like his bad play is the only reason why the Rangers lost this game. Far from it. Nobody really was at their best in this one. And um, you just hope that uh, the Rangers do what they've been doing all season. That's bounce back uh, from a bad performance. And they'll obviously have the opportunity to do just that on Thursday night when they play host to the Blackhawks. So uh, we're going to keep everything going here. I want to go through a sequence uh, late in the first period. And then also into the second period, this to me was kind of the backbreaking sequence of this game. Up to this point, I don't think the Rangers had played all that poorly. Uh, hadn't played great either, but obviously they were still in the game. Um, and this is kind of when things went south and uh, really got away from them. Like I said, a couple of backbreaking goals scored by the Canes. And we're going to get to all that stuff in just a second here. First, though, we definitely want to let everybody know that today's episode of Locked on New York Rangers is brought to you by FanDuel. The NFL regular season is wrapping up, but there's still time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers can get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $150 in bonus bets. Win or lose, the app is so easy to use, and there are so many different ways to bet, like live same-game parlays. Find bets in the new Explore tab, make a parlay in the Parlay Hub, the best way to find popular parlays, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and make your first bet a layup. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. We also just want to let everybody know that, t- that uh, Locked On has launched the first ever National Sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever National Sports 24-7 streaming channel. All right, let's go ahead and keep everything rolling here. And for the everydayers, uh, our next episode is actually already recorded. We talk a little bit of the uh, World Juniors action and the uh, Ranger prospects that are still playing in that tournament. And we also get into what the Ranger lineup is going to look like and who might be the odd man out or odd men out uh, once everybody is healthy, if everybody gets back healthy. And, you know, there we're talking about Kako and Hedo. Once they get into the lineup, what will their roles be? Who will they play with? Um, and who... At whose expense will that be as far as, you know, being in the lineup every single night? But that's tomorrow's episode for right now. Let's go ahead and talk about what I thought really kind of broke the Rangers' backs in this game because things weren't really bad up until these two goals were scored. But once uh, these two goals by the Canes were scored, everything was kind of going south. So basically, it's uh, one to nothing, getting pretty late into the second period. And we get a goal for the Canes that makes it two to nothing, goal by Svechnikov. Basically, the Canes are on a power play here at the end of the first period. Like I said, already up one to nothing. There's a penalty on Truba. Igor Shesterkin, um, again, wasn't his best night, but he made a couple of good saves in a row here. Uh, there was a redirection save by Igor, a couple of saves on some rebound attempts as well. But the ensuing faceoff was won by the Canes, and the Rangers never touched the puck. You've got Aho passing across the ice to Svechnikov in the right circle, and Svechnikov shoots and scores on the short side with 29 seconds to go. That made it two to nothing. Aho, by the way, every time he touched the puck, was hearing it from Ranger fans, and that will be the case 
uh, every single game that he plays in Madison Square Garden between now and the day he decides to hang up his skates. Ranger fans don't forget, and uh, they clearly did not forget in this game either. But this was a tough goal to give up because, again, it wasn't a great first period for the Rangers, but you could kind of live with everything that had happened. I didn't think either team really did a whole lot uh, offensively. There weren't any of those you know, great second-chance opportunities. Uh, the Rangers at times a little bit sloppy with the puck in the first period, but kind of a bend but don't break first, you know, that they were defensively responsible for the most part, not much going on offensively, but you know what? The period ends, one nothing. you go into the locker room, okay, let's regroup, let's come back out, let's get it done, and it's very believable that the Rangers can do that because the proof is in the pudding. The Rangers have 12 come-from-behind wins this season, which is the most in the NHL, and that being the case, you know, down one nothing after one period, there's no panic. There's no panic from these players, these coaches, uh, the fans either, but to give up that goal on the power play there, that was a tough one. That was a tough way to go into the break there. And obviously the Canes uh, tend to be a good defensive team and just a good team in general. So that, you know, the, the task in front of you just becomes a little bit more daunting. Now, the good news is that uh, the Rangers did pretty early in the second period. They came out, were playing a little bit better, and they end up scoring a goal uh, to cut the lead down to two to one. Um, you had Trotrek, he gloves down a bad pass uh, by the Canes. He had a great opportunity here. Takes a shot. It was stopped. Uh, Panarin. Uh, had a shot deflected out of play. He had a chance to bury the rebound. Did not happen. But then the next shift, uh, Miller and Mika both had chances, and the Canes take a slashing penalty. So this kind of sets the stage for the Rangers to come back in this game. And they did not score on the power play here, but it was right after, shortly after the power play had expired. Uh, you got Panarin making a pass back to Truba at the blue line. Long shot from the point by Truba. Crowder's in front. He deflects it into the net. And just like that, two to one. And, you know, you crowds back into it. The Rangers are feeling it a little bit. And you think, okay, here we go. You know, it's going to be another uh, come from behind win. Unfortunately, it's only about two minutes after this goal was scored. Uh, you had miscommunication between Igor Shesterkin and Braden Shire that really, really hurt the Rangers. So basically, Gustafson has the puck. He's being chased behind the Ranger net. He's got somebody on him. He leaves it there, I, I think, for Schneider. Unfortunately, the puck kind of went in front of the net. So it wasn't a great play by Gustafson here either. Puck ends up in front of the net. You've got Igor reaching out to play the puck, but then he kind of pulls his stick away from it. And Schneider was about to pick it up, but then he saw Igor reaching for it and decided not to. So now the puck's just laying there and nobody has it. Now the Kings, uh, there, there's a Hurricane player bearing down on Igor. So Igor sees what's just happened. And I mean, he improvised as well as he could here. He basically just reached out one hand on his stick and just kind of poked the puck into the corner, which probably beats just about anything else uh, that Igor could possibly do on this play. Unfortunately though, uh, the Canes got right to the puck in the corner, pass in front, and the goal was scored. Um, just, uh, you know, a bad goal. And Joe Micheletti mentioned this on the broadcast, and I had the exact same thought when it happened. You don't see this out of the Rangers. You don't see uh, bad mistakes like this, mental mistakes, this kind of, like, just true carelessness with the puck. And again, I mean, it's going to happen once in a while, right? There's 82 games. Um, but I, I think in some ways it also kind of makes you appreciate the clean brand of hockey that the Rangers have played this year. If you're going to beat the Rangers, you got to beat the Rangers. You got to play your A game. They're not going to beat themselves. Um, this play here, of course, kind of an exception to that rule. And honestly, even if this didn't happen, I mean, you, you never know because it's two to one. Maybe the Rangers come back and they win this game. But even if this goal wasn't scored, the Canes had the better of play for almost the entire game. So I happen to think that they, the Rangers probably would have lost this game anyway. But uh, regardless, just a backbreaking goal and just a disheartening goal. Um, you know, the Rangers have just gotten back uh, on the, the Martinuk, good, Martinuk goal here that made it 3-1. to one. The Rangers have just gotten back into the game, and um, it was basically all for naught. And just like that, the Canes are up 3-1, to one, and they were well on their way uh, to eventually winning this game. And it's just very disheartening because you know the Rangers can come from behind, but when you keep shooting yourself in the foot against a good team like this, a team that's again, is playing its best hockey uh, of the season recently, 
it's usually not going to end well. And it obviously uh, did not end well for the Rangers in this game either. We're going to keep everything rolling in just a second. I want to turn our attention to the uh, third period of this game, which was probably the worst period for the Rangers. Honestly, and again, this is an exception to the rule uh, thus far this season for the Rangers as well. But this is a game where I think the Rangers honestly got worse and worse uh, the longer it went. And um, Peter Laviolette was not a fan of their third period as well. We're going to have his comments in just a second. A couple other things to talk about as well. Uh, we'll get to all that in just a second here. First, though, definitely want to let everybody know that today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Game Time. You shouldn't have to worry when you buy tickets to your next big event. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you with killer last-minute deals, all-in prices, views from your seat, after their and their best price guarantee. Game Time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. Game Time is the only ticketing app that gives you complete peace of mind with your purchase. See the view from your seat before you buy. Awesome feature, by the way. So you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. All-in prices show your total up front, so you know you're getting a great deal before you check out. Buy tickets in seconds with two taps. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code Locked On for twenty dollars off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All right, let's go ahead and keep everything rolling here and kind of. Wrap up today's show by talking about what was uh, just a really bad third period for the Rangers. And this is what Peter Laviolette had to say about, you know, how everything went down in the third period for the Rangers. If I'm going to go after a period, it's the third period. I hate it. They played a simple game. They mean the Canes. They played a simple game. They flipped it out. They put it behind us. We got caught turning pucks over and chasing down things, trying to chase the game. The third period was not who we are or who we want to be. And that's where we'll focus. And yeah, I think especially the way the third period started was basically a disaster. Um, you know, you're down 3-1. And it is a, an uphill battle against a good defensive team like this, but it's still within reach. Uh, the Rangers, again, they, they have shown that knack for coming back. But the way the third period started, uh, whatever hope remained, it was pretty much gone about three minutes into this period. So the Rangers had a power play. It carried over from the second period to the third period. Just not a whole lot happening here. I mean, the Canes defended well. You got to give credit where it's due, but... As soon as this power play ended for the Rangers, just kind of a goal out of nowhere uh, for the Canes. This is the one by Chatfield, uh, the one that made it 4-1. to one. It happened only a minute and 33 seconds in the third period. And the one that I thought Igor probably should have come up with, he was not able to do so. A couple of passes at the top of the Ranger zone, you know, a couple of good passes, but uh, a stop that probably should have been made by Igor. It was not made. And so 4-1 to one Canes, just like that. And then... Uh, just a minute and 23 seconds later, you've got Svechnikov scoring his second goal of the game. Uh, he gets to a puck in the neutral zone, was able to lift Ryan Lindgren's stick, uh, went to the net and scored, made it five to one. And that was it. I mean, just as, at that point, you know, there's 17 minutes or so, but the Rangers are down by four goals. It's not been their night. They basically gotten dominated for just about the entire game. I mean, maybe a couple good stretches here and there, but for the most part, uh, the Canes had the better of play. And just a very lethargic rest of the game for the Rangers. Um, you know, just kind of, they were just kind of there. You know, there, there wasn't a whole lot going on. And a couple of, uh, you know, or I guess there was just one more goal by the Canes after that. Um, but just kind of lethargic, not really having any energy, no jump in their game, uh, no flow to their game, no good scoring opportunities, just not much of anything. It was just a big nothing burger uh, the entire third period for the Rangers. The only good news when you lose a game like this is, I mean, they all count the same, right? If you lose, you well, Overtime losses count different, but you know what I mean. When you lose like this in regulation, um, they, they all count the same, and you have an opportunity to respond to it. 
And, you know, you lose like this. There's not like that one play that you can point to or that one bad pass or that one call that the ref missed or anything like that. The Raiders got their butts kicked in this one. It's basically just that simple. And for the most part, the Canes uh, had the better of play in every single facet of the game. One other stat I want to throw at you guys here. Uh, Molly Walker posted this on Twitter. So the Raiders, obviously, they're off to a fantastic start this season. As we've documented on here, they've only lost back-to-back games once the entire season. Uh, this, however, was their fifth time where they lost by four or more goals and uh, their seventh time they've lost by three or more goals. So there haven't really been a lot of close losses for the Rangers, which I guess is good because that almost suggests that like, you know, these losses are happening when it's just not their night kind of thing. And they're in close games. They tend to win them. They don't lose them. Um, And on top of that, this is only their 11th loss of the season, which is the fewest in the NHL. Everybody else has 13 or more losses combining regulation and overtime losses. But again, when you you lose like this, I think it does make it that much easier to just kind of let go of it. Obviously, the Rangers have to get back to work and get back uh, on the saddle, so to speak here. But again, you're you're not going to lose sleep dwelling about like one missed opportunity for the Rangers, uh, one bad call by the refs, whatever the case might be. Um, and, and that's kind of um, kind of where I'm at with this one. Just a bad night, and there's not really a whole heck of a lot that can be done at this point other than just bouncing back in the next one. I also want to talk about a couple of the extracurriculars that happen in this game. We know there's bad blood between these teams. Uh, it's been that way for a while. You know, the Canes knocked the Rangers out of the playoffs in the, the bubble playoffs, the, the best of five qualifying round, and you know, the Rangers, um, they weren't really a playoff team that year. I mean, I, I know they were in the tournament, but they were in 11th place in the Eastern Conference, and circumstances obviously dictated that we had a very unique um, playoff tournament that season. Uh, but the Canes took care of business there, and then the Rangers um, came storming back a couple of years ago against the Canes, knocked them out of the playoffs, and basically embarrassed the Canes on their home ice uh, in Game 7, winning that one. I think the final was either 5-1 or 5-2, something like that. But the Rangers had it in hand uh, the entire way. So there's that. But then there's also, uh, earlier this season, that really kind of awkward collision between Fox and Aho. And I, I know some people didn't like it. To me, it was just an awkward collision. I don't think Aho did anything malicious here. Um, you know, after that game, Truba was talking about it. And he said that, you know, he thinks that maybe Aho should have had to answer the bell. Uh, Alexi Lafreniere was challenging him to a fight a little bit later in that game. Uh, Truba was even joking, like, every time I do something, I have to fight somebody. So, and Truba also made it clear that Aho didn't necessarily have to fight Truba himself. So that would probably be a mismatch. It would be a mismatch, but he had to fight somebody, and Aho didn't do it. Um, so now, as I mentioned earlier, Aho will be booed every time he touches the puck in Madison Square Garden from now until the end of his career. Um, but yeah, I mean, in this game, there, there was certainly some chippiness. You had Mika Zibanejad, of all people, uh, barking at Svechnikov on the bench. The two of them were apparently going back and forth. You also had a stare down between Will Cooley and former Ranger brand Lemieux. I mean, Lemieux, we, he was here for a little while. We know he likes to chat a little bit and mix it up. Um, and we also had, uh, toward the end of the game, apparently there was an exchange between Lindgren and Lemieux. Uh, they were kind of barking back and forth on the bench and, uh, Lindgren, I only know this because of John G unknown, but basically, um, Lindgren was getting on Lemieux and basically, uh, talking smack to him about the fact that he hasn't really played that much this season. Lindgren said something like, what is this, your fifth game this season? And um, it was actually Lemieux's 12th game, but he's referencing the fact that Lemieux, uh, more often than not this year, has been a healthy scratch for the Hurricanes. So uh, a lot of smack talk going both ways and some physicality on the ice as well. Uh, Trouba with a big hit on Seth Jarvis, knocked him down to the ice. Um, you had, uh, this was bad. I don't know how this wasn't a penalty, but this is in the third period. Uh, Chatfield cross-checks Blake Wheeler from behind right into his own goalie. I mean, you know, 
Chatfield should really watch what he's doing here because he, the, the Canes are finally getting some decent goaltender play, and he's knocking uh, an opponent into his goalie uh, with a cross-check from behind. So Wheeler got up and said something to him, and as fate would have it, the very next shift, a couple of seconds into the shift, Wheeler ends up getting called uh, for an offensive zone trip, which it was a trip, but this is right after Wheeler um, did not draw a penalty after getting cross-checked in the back right into uh, the Canes goalie. So I don't know, figure that out. Wasn't the best night for the refs either, but it, it's not even worth our time because even if it was a bad night for the refs, it's not going to swing the game five goals in one direction or the other. And obviously the Rangers lost this by five goals. So it is what it is. Um, I guess uh, if there's going to be a night of bad officiating and you know some calls that go against the ref, might as well be in a game where they're not playing well anyway and, and losing by the deficit that they were indeed losing by. Uh, you also had a situation later in the game. Lafreniere and Nietzsche kind of got tangled up in the neutral zone and both fell to the ice. Uh, Nietzsche then slashed Lafreniere in the ankle as they were both getting up, and Lafreniere wanted to do something about it. Lafreniere's been chippy in these games against the uh, Canes this season. Uh, you get a play stoppage. You get Cooley stepping up to Nietzsche. Uh, nothing happened, though. I feel like the way it's gone this season – we're probably going to see some gloves drop in the uh, the next matchup between these two. At one time or another, uh, eventually, it's definitely going to happen. We'll kind of see what happens there. Uh, only other thing I want to mention here, and I haven't seen any definitive updates, which makes me think that both players are okay, but Bonino had to go to the Ranger locker room once, and then he came back, and then he went there again, and then he came back again. So I don't know. I, I don't know if there was an injury or an equipment issue or uh, anything like that. I didn't really see anything uh, circulating on social media about that. And Tyler Pitlick apparently also went to the Ranger locker room in the third period. So I would assume that they're both okay, just given the fact that there hasn't really been anything definitive uh, said about either player. But we'll obviously uh, keep our eye on that for the next game. Uh, I figure we could pretty much call it there for today, though, guys. Once again, if you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. And definitely subscribe to the Locked On New York Rangers YouTube channel. Thanks again, guys. I will see you next time.